Are you ready, America? It's time for another edition of Game On. With your host, Stephen, Stevie Ray Brown, and Brad, Bad News Bollinger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Game On. Talking about your favorite sports and different parts of life. Might even get a little take on Lane Kiffin's wife. They tell you what to think, you're not afraid to take a stance. They'll give you the number of Pete's and Charlie Weiss's pants. They're the game on guys, see sports through their eyes. Political correctness just up and dies when they give you their views on any sport you want to hear. That's right, game on. I am Steve Braun, that is Brad Bollinger. Today is October the 19th, whenever you will be able to listen to this on a number of different platforms. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm. Go down the list, Amazon Music Podcast as well. You can follow us on any of those on your podcast platform. You can find us. Also find us on Twitter at Game On Guys, TikTok Game On Pod. Facebook is Game On Pod as well. You can always email us, email gameon at gmail.com and our website, gameonguys.wordpress.com. That's where you can find our fantasy picks, our against the spread picks, and all the links to all of those platforms for podcast as well. The direct links so you can subscribe, rate us, tell us how terrible we are, how, whatever you want to do. Brad, now that I got all that out of the way, how are you, my friend? I am a bit on the struggle bus this week. I've, I've got a vacation coming up in a couple of weeks, and I feel like I'm I'm at the point where I'm just get to vacation mode. So it's it's a little bit of a struggle, and... It is getting darker earlier, and I feel that seasonal depression coming on. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm great, Steve. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. We're recording this uh, late Tuesday, and I'm getting old. So the later we do this, the more I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So the struggle bus starts to – I did at least hit record this time. Yep. Baby so I got, that, I got that going for me. All right, let's just jump into it, and uh, I feel like the proper way to do so would be like this. Ball rock, Brad. Means one thing. It means one thing, Brad Bollinger. The NBA season is upon us. When John Tesh starts bouncing his hand around like he's bouncing a basketball before he puts those perfect manicured hands on the pearly white keys of a piano to signal that the NBA season is here. What a description. That was a beautiful picture there. Thank you. Didn't think we'd get a John Tesh reference tonight. Well, you never know what to expect out of me. Basketball, baby. Basketball. It's here. It is here. Oh, my. Um, currently, the Warriors and the Lakers are on my TV. It's halftime. By the time you hear this, you'll know how that game ended up. At half, it's a seven-point game. Who would have thought, Brad? Who would have thunk it? Um, Boston victorious over Philly as the NBA season gets underway. 
I'll turn it over to you. Where do you want to start, my friend, when it comes to previewing the NBA? The association, as they refer to it. Yeah, I I think there's been a lot of interesting off-season storylines this year, and I'm good with the good old-fashioned, who's your favorite in each conference coming out this year? Um, I'll go ahead and start, since it was my idea, and I'm prepared. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's start in the East. How about that? Sounds good. Um, You've got the returning Eastern Conference champions, Boston Celtics, in a little bit of dismay this offseason with their mm-hmm. head coach getting suspended for the year. Ime Aduga was suspended, uh, I believe, roughly a month ago. And you got to wonder how that impacts the defending champions. Uh, they didn't seem to be too bothered by it tonight. Got off to a great start against the 76ers. They return a talented young team, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, those guys are always ready to ball. Uh, I, I, I kind of worry getting deeper into the season about the coaching situation. I know that it's it's hard to lose someone important like that in your organization shortly before the year and kind of have time to process it. And then when you get through the thick of the season, uh, when the going gets tough, I think you look for that leadership from Indoka and he just was not going to be there. So... Interesting to see how they adjust to that. Um, I think you've also got to pay attention to the best player in the NBA right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek mm-hmm. freak. The Bucks are a dangerous, dangerous team this year, as usual. What I love from Milwaukee is they went ahead and signed a veteran presence, uh, Joe Ingles from the Utah Jazz. This guy is very, very underrated. He is coming off an ACL tear, so he won't be available till about mid-season, but the Bucks will be able to carry the load just fine without him. And then, you know, once he returns around the middle part, I think he's really going to give him a boost. He just brings a lot of toughness, great shooting, and like I said, he's got that veteran presence as well. So you add to an already dangerous Milwaukee Bucks team, Last year, they had an earlier exit in the playoffs than they would have liked, but you got to look at the different factors that caused that. I think Chris Middleton being injured in the playoffs really, really hurt. He is such an important piece for them. So I like the Bucs actually coming out of the East this year. Um, I know you can make arguments for, you know, a handful of teams. You've got the Brooklyn Nets. You never know what's going to go on with them with Kyrie and KD situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just too much drama there for me. I'm not sure they can put it together chemistry-wise. Then you throw in Ben Simmons into that. Uh, It could get rather explosive in a bad way. Um, 76ers are an interesting team. They also added a veteran presence that I really, really liked. Uh, P.J. Tucker is now on the 76ers. I think they kind of needed a P.J. Tucker type on their roster. Uh, kind of, you know, real locker room guy, keep the keep the troops in order, but also contribute in the game. Uh, he's just a rock-solid player, and I really love that pickup. And Tyrese Maxey for Philadelphia, really emerging as a star. He had a great preseason. Interested to see if he can take the next step this year. Um, and then you've got, you know, teams like... Uh, the Miami Heat, just a solid ball club. And then uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who added superstar Donovan Mitchell this offseason. Uh, interested to see how he'll mesh with that young core they've got going on in there. Evan Mobley is a certified stud. And I like the Cavs and the direction they're headed. Just don't know if they'll get there this year. So give me the Milwaukee Bucks out of the East. I don't hate that pick by any means. Uh, anytime you can go with Giannis... Uh, you can't fault you there. They've got, I mean, Chris Middleton as well, like you mentioned. Joe Ingles, once he gets healthy as well, coming back. So I, I like that pick. I, I think that is a solid pick as well. I, I think Philadelphia, uh, you mentioned P.J. Tucker signing him away from Miami. Um, gives them that physical defensive stopper that they need, the small ball five and a, a shooter, a reliable shooter which is something they lacked uh, last season. So um, is he able to defend 
some of those wing players um, at his age. That will be the question. When does he fall off the cliff? Um, right now, it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue, but uh, I, I definitely think that's something that you have to keep a keep a mind on, keep an eye on for a 37-year-old role player. Um, so it'll be interesting. I I really do lean towards uh, the 76ers, mostly because Joel Embiid, I think, is just such a dynamic player. Um, not that Giannis isn't, but just what he brings. You throw in P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris is already there. you got James Harden. Um, it becomes a very strong, solid starting lineup. The question for me with that lineup will be, Coming off the bench, where do they turn to? How how does that evolve um, as they as they continue on? You got to throw in a guy with local ties out of Tulsa, uh, Shake Milton, the Owasso product, also on that bench. You mentioned Boston. I think the the loss of their coach Emmy Udoka is going to be huge to them. Um, just like you mentioned, having that experience in the head coach's seat means so much. Um, and this was a team that y- you saw some faults at times last season. Him to be able to grow up on that and be ready to come into this year would have been huge. Now he's out. The next guy slides over. How does that work out? I- I'm just not confident enough to say, oh, yeah, this is this is going to be uh, the way to go with uh, Joe Mazzula sliding over because I, you talk to a lot of coaches and they move from that assistant coach seat second on the bench to that first seat. And as many of them say, that, that 16 inches or so that that seat is, sliding over those 16 inches makes all the difference in the world. And I think that uh, that could be very interesting as well. Um, for the Celtics, it's interesting because I feel like they already made a pretty big splash at the beginning of the summer when they signed Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana. I think that was mm-hmm. going to be their off-season story this year. Uh, you know, he's coming over from Indiana with 19 points and five assists a game. I yep. think that's a fantastic addition for that Celtics squad. But you just got to wonder what's going to happen, uh, you know, during the stretch run and playoff uh, time this year without Coach Adoka. I just, that worries me too much to have them as my pick personally. Uh, yeah, I, I agree as well. And, and that's nothing again. I mean, they've got such a good lineup, too. I mean, Marcus Smart, solid defender, I mean, one of the better defenders in the NBA, solid on the offensive side of the ball as well. You have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. It's just, will the coaching be enough? I mean, I know the NBA is such a player's league, but there is something to be said with with coaching as well. And then you mentioned Brooklyn. I I just feel like that thing's going to blow up at yeah. any moment. Don't want to touch I mean, that. Yeah, yeah, it just – could they go and win it all? Sure, yeah, they probably could. But there's just the other side of it that between Ben Simmons and Durant and Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry, yeah, they've got pieces. Patty Mills – it, it just seems like it's a ticking time bomb. And you could also yeah. see all of those players ending up on some other roster by midseason before the and trade And drama deadline. aside with that, with that core you just mentioned, I think you really have to worry about injuries as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's any number of things that are working against the Brooklyn Nets, and it's just too dangerous of a pick. Yes, they have a talent, but... Odds are they're going to explode at some point. I think Philly would be my choice. I, I, it's just hard for me to go against uh, Joel Embiid and what he what he brings with his size, his length, his ability as well. Key is can he stay stay healthy, um, and can James Harden play up to his potential and and what we expect out of him um, this season. So that would be my pick with the 76ers, even though they've already started the year 0-1. <laughs> yeah, get that loss out of the way. Now. Get it out of the they're way. They're going to run. They're yeah. going to win. They're not going to go undefeated. <laughs> I'm telling you, that P.J. Tucker signing, though, I, I think that's it's huge. exactly what that team needed. 
It's huge. All right, over to the Western Conference, and a lot of a lot of question marks. Uh, Golden State has so much going on within their roster. We've we all saw the video um, of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole. We've seen the Draymond Green apology video as well that hit Twitter on Tuesday evening. But they bring back so much. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond. Throw in Jordan Poole. Can James Wiseman ever figure it out? Iguodala's back as well. Uh, just so many pieces along with Poole as well that it makes you makes you stop and say, can anybody actually beat this team when it comes to crunch time with what we've seen out of Steph Curry and, and just that lineup throughout the, the, the last decade or so? Yeah, I think it's interesting with the Warriors because their biggest competitors themselves this year, I think, mm -hmm. uh, and – you know, you mentioned that talented roster they have. They had a couple of guys really step up last year. You know, you mentioned Curry and Thompson, obviously, and Draymond Green. But, you know, like you mentioned, Jordan Poole, uh, Andrew Wiggins had the best year of his career last year. He yeah. was a completely different player on that ball team. And you can really tell that him kind of settling into that number three role is really where he can thrive. Uh, I, I don't believe that he is... A, you know, going to lead a team as the number one guy, but boy, can he contribute as a number three, and he really showed that throughout the playoffs. And then you add uh, the play that they had last year uh, from Kevin Looney. I mean, you know, those two guys really were the difference in them making that title run. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform this year. Uh, you're, you know, my brain tells me that it's chalk. It, it's Warriors. It's Bucks. But I'm not so sure about the Warriors this year. I just, I feel like the end of that, you know, the end of that, we call it, is it a dynasty? Who knows? I guess I, we I can think call it, it is. Dynasty. I mean, it's the They've modern, a modern day dynasty. Sure. Uh, I feel like the window's closing a bit with that roster. It's, you know, I don't want to overreact to the Draymond video, but I, I just, I see that coming to an end soon. Will it be this year? Who knows? I, I can, of course, they could win the championship again. Of course, they're so talented, and they have one of the best players in the entire world who can make a shot from anywhere on the court, do incredible things. But I'm not going to go with the Warriors this year as my Western Conference pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a few other teams, and then I'll I'll let you know who I'm going to end up rolling with. But uh, one to keep a real eye on this year is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Jokic is the back-to-back -back MVP of the league. He has been carrying that team for the best part of about you know 24 months now. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be extra dangerous this year because they are returning their number two. Jamal Murray has been injured, and you could really tell uh, his absence that they just couldn't get over the top against those better elite teams. I mean, Jokic could carry them throughout the regular season, but once they got into the playoff ball, you really need that complete team effort. And, boy, he just wasn't getting any help. So Jamal Murray returning is huge. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. returning is huge. Mm -hmm. And Aaron Gordon, uh, that that's a talented roster right there. And if Jokic keeps playing at the level he's playing at, Man, watch out, because that dude is a great ball player. So let's move on to another. Uh, if I can add, and then they, they throw in DeAndre Jordan, which coming off the bench, that's a valuable piece, I feel like. Uh, Contavious mm -hmm. Caldwell-Pope as well there can be a valuable piece. Jeff Green also on that roster, another veteran that, that can come off and, and knock down a shot, play some defense, and then – Christian Brown, the who spells his name Braun, but mispronounces right. it, the Kansas product. I think he's another guy that, as a rookie, could see some playing time and, and be of value, just as a as an option 
along the wing uh, as a shooter. And last year's playoff run really showed that the importance of depth is oh, yes. really, you know, the, the second factor in what they were lacking, obviously having that number two guy. I mean, of course, if you take any team's number two guy away, it's probably going to cost them their season. But, yeah, that, that depth that they added, I mean, it just makes them a more dangerous team. I think they finished probably top three in the regular season in the West. Um, and speaking of returning players, I think we have to mention Kawhi Leonard out in L.A. with the Clippers. Him and Paul George will get to reunite. And with the addition of... It's funny to say this. I don't know why. I can't say it with a straight face. But John Wall is John now Wall. a Clipper. And he is back to doing uh, John Wall things pregame. I believe he broke out the Dougie uh, the other week. Oh, did so, he? Yeah. I, I think John Wall is feeling like the old John Wall again. I'm not sure if he's going to play like the old John Wall ever again. But uh, it's an interesting signing. So kind of a wild card team to keep an eye on in the West. Of course, you've got the Suns with Chris Paul, um, you know Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, interesting to see how that goes. I know there was a lot of contract issues with Ayton. Um, they've kind of not met their expectations uh, recently. So um, interesting to see if they're going downhill. But my pick for the Western Conference champions, because I didn't want to go chalk, I really, you're going to laugh, I really like the Dallas Mavericks. Of course you do. And let me tell you why. The Dallas Mavericks were the Western Conference runners-up last year. They lost to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it was a big surprise. I didn't expect the Mavs really to get out of the first round uh, of the playoffs last year, but they ended up doing that. And then they beat the defending Western Conference champions, Phoenix Suns. Um you could tell that the big weakness for the Mavericks last year was on the glass. They were getting dominated with their lack of size. Rebounding just killed them. And they had one of my favorite off-season off signings. They signed Christian Wood off the Houston Rockets. Uh, Wood adds a 6'9", 215 body. Great length. He averaged 17.9 points per game. 10 rebounds a game, and you know that little cherry on top? He's a 40% three-point shooter. So he can stretch the floor, grab those rebounds that they so desperately need. They did lose an important piece in Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. I'm not sure why the Knicks paid Brunson so much money, but he is definitely a gamer. He's definitely a good ball player. Um, but I think the Mavs hope that uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. can return from injury this year and kind of fill that role that Jalen Bronson is leaving behind. And Luka Doncic, man, this could be the year. I, I think this is the year that he ascends to the top. I think Luka Doncic is MVP this year. You hear it here first. Uh, I know you look at guys like Giannis and you know Jokic and all that, but uh, you can just tell that the progression that Luka's on. He's Man, he's he's in store for a hell of a season upcoming. Uh, give me the Dallas Mavericks out of the West. So you're going the Milwaukee Bucks out of the East, correct? That is correct. And the Dallas Mavericks out of the Western Conference. Yes. I am going to go, I've already said Philadelphia 76ers out of the Eastern Conference. And out of the West, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I feel like this might be the year in which Kawhi Leonard and Paul George actually stay healthy. Mm -hmm. That would be good. That would be key to them being able to succeed. But I just I think Reggie Jackson, what he showed last year was was impressive as well. Um, I love had Reggie Jackson, man. I'm sorry to cut you off, but Reggie Jackson, I think he's been such an underrated player in his career. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah, he's he's he can really, you know, he's always been considered kind of the backup point guard, right? But man, he could start for what 60-70% of the NBA teams at point guard. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, he's that good and he can change a game himself. Uh I mean, very very high on Reggie Jackson. So I I will like what you're cooking up here. 
we may we may look back at last year in which you you didn't see a whole lot of Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, Georgia only played 31 games last year. All right? And Kawhi Leonard missed all season. So they had to turn to Reggie Jackson. And he was able to take on a lot, probably learn a lot, and I think that may prepare him and them for more success because he has now kind of shouldered that load for a season, and now it's now it's not on him. It's on Paul George. It's on Kawhi Leonard. Gives them a legit third option. You throw in John Wall as well, coming off the bench. I mean, it, it just seems like this is the year, and if it, if it doesn't happen this year, I don't know if it ever will for the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So I'm going to go with the Clippers on this one. Um, my Lakers are terrible. <laughs> They're just not going to be any good. Uh, rumors coming, or there was a rumor or a tweet from some random website or some random Twitter account that this is the last season for for LeBron. And you know what? Good riddance. That's just my opinion. Last uh, season in L.A. No, that he may retire. That was like some random Twitter account that tweeted that. He's out. not wanting to play with Bronny anymore. See, that's the thing. I think he does. I think he still wants to. So I think he's still got a couple of years. But, yeah, that was a tweet that was out there uh, this afternoon prior to the season getting underway. Do you see LeBron James winning another championship? I don't. Okay. I, I definitely not okay. this year. I mean, this this team, like, what? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a mess. Westbrook, well, Schroeder, Beverly. I mean, bleh. Austin Reeves has been surprisingly good. <laughs> Austin Reeves, yeah, that's the bright spot. That that's a nice story. I think Austin Reeves uh, really exceeded a lot of expectations coming out of Oklahoma, and uh, he's really been a nice piece for them. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. looking for bright spots for that LA team, I think he's definitely one of them. And if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, sure, it they I mean they could make a make a run just because you have LeBron getting calls from officials but I just don't I mean what surrounds him does not line up to to have a shot it just doesn't mesh no it doesn't mesh and it never did honestly I mean they did win a title in the bubble but uh you know it's it's been a mess ever since um to recap though out of the east I have the Milwaukee Bucks and out of the west I have the Dallas Mavericks and I have the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA title in six games Six games, huh? All right. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers actually winning it all over the Los Angeles Clippers in the NBA Finals. I'll say it goes seven games because the NBA loves a good seven-game series. Well, hey, at least we had some entertaining picks. Yes, sir. Uh, The Warriors would have been boring to pick, you know? It would have. Let's quickly – talk thunder just because we're based out of Oklahoma we're two Oklahomans even though neither of us are thunder fans uh Chet Holmgren out with the Liz Frank injury to his right foot uh that happened this summer Shea Gilgis Alexander also currently injured you have Josh Giddy and Lou Dort back as well for the thunder as they sent Isaiah Roby and Derek Favors Ty Jerome and others elsewhere, load of picks came back or were capitalized for once. Um, more picks available. Mike Muscala is back. Um, a roster that uh, doesn't really scare anybody, I feel like. No, no. And doesn't but. have a whole lot of potential as well outside of probably SGA. Dort and Giddy that are available this season. The guy who really interests me, uh, playing this year at least, because Chet, Hol- Chet Holmgren is obviously a fascinating yeah. case. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes next year. But uh, 
I really want to see how Josh Giddy performs this year. I think he had a really, really good rookie year. Uh, I, I like his game. He's only 20 years old. He's 6'8". He can really pass. He sees the floor so well. Uh, I think, you know, kind of basing this season off of how him and SGA kind of continue to mesh, uh, I think that will kind of tell how soon they will be competing again in this league. Uh, a guy like Dort, I hope he doesn't go to waste because he is quite, quite the defensive lockdown artist. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they have some pieces. They really do have some pieces that I really like. But, yeah, it's it's not going to scare anybody this year. Probably won't be close to the playoffs this year. But, uh, hey, this is a great time to see that young talent perform. I mean, you never know. They could surprise you. They could make a run at the playoffs. Who knows? I mean, with the play-ins in the NBA playoffs this year. You know, anything's possible. Um, but they'll have a really good idea of where they're at uh, over the next, you know, few years based off of what they see this year. Especially when they have probably a top pick next year. Let's yes. just be honest. And there is quite the prize at the top of the draft board for this next draft. Yes. You get Chet Hol Holmgren, you get SGA, Gideon Dort. You can hang on to them, get another top-line guy next year in the draft, and then you can probably start talking about uh, making a true playoff push. But for now, tickets are going to be cheap at Paycom. That's all I'm saying. Why not? You can go see somebody else for a decent That's okay. price. It's still, hey, you know what? It's still a fun night. I remember as a kid I would have killed to go see the 12th place Oklahoma City Thunder play some team i mean enjoy it i mean you know don't don't get spoiled because they had some success over the years I, I, it's it's a great thing to have in oklahoma and i really encourage you to continue to support them and go see some games all right let's transition from nba preview to our top three and we keep it in the nba it is our top three nba jerseys of all time you want me to go first, Brad? You want to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Give me give me your three. All right. Let's start off number one on my list. The Chicago Bulls red jerseys. Bulls across the chest in the black. We all remember them from the Michael Jordan era. They still wear them today. In my mind, it is the number one jersey all-time in the NBA. Agree. Is that the epitome of the NBA right there, that jersey? I think that when you just look at it, you just feel all the goodness that the NBA offers. I, I think when you think NBA, that's probably the – that's what comes to mind, at least for our – especially for our generation. I mean, yes. And, and the last dance coming out during the pandemic, I think it was huge kind of in the resurgence – uh, maybe with the younger crowd of what that team did and exactly what was going on during that time. So, mm -hmm. you know, the popularity is still just as high as ever. So great pick there. My number two is going to – it's a little bit of a homer pick. The Lakers Sunday Whites. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. The white uniforms, very clean look. Purple with gold outline, Lakers across the chest, the, the thick yellow stripe going down the side with the purple outline as well. In my mind, it's number two. It's it's an It was an alternate uniform as well, but just such a clean look, especially for a Sunday, especially as you got through the spring season, Easter, and into the playoffs. There was something about those uniforms. My number three, we go from white on my number two to black in my number three. The Sixers black dazzle uniform of the 2000s, made most famous with AI Allen Iverson wearing them. The white Sixers across the chest with the star dotting the eye. Right, the ball swooshing underneath. That would be my number three all-time uniform in the NBA. And then I have two honorable mentions. 
Okay. I have an honorable mention too, so we can. You want to give those after I go? Sure. I'll let okay. you go, and then Just I'll throw in mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that works. I uh, like I said, I I love the Bulls pick. Um, I'm kind of gonna go along with that. I didn't re- so. You know, as far as tradition goes, I kind of stayed away from that, even though I do appreciate that. Uh, I would put the Bulls jersey at at the top, but um, I actually had the 1984-1985 Chicago Bulls jersey, uh, Jordan's rookie year. If you remember correctly, that's when they had the Chicago written in the cursive. Yes, Uh, script font. Jordan had his two gold chains dangling. And uh, there's just something so cool about that Curse of Chicago on there. I, I just loved it. With you know, they had the the short shorts of the '80s. Uh, something about that. He just made it look everything, everything that Jordan put on. He made it look cool. Let's be honest, uh, except his golf attire. But True. that's a different story. Suits as well. Uh, <laughs> on the basketball court, he made anything look cool. Yes. Um, second up, I am going. This is going to be surprising because it's kind of a rival of my favorite team, the Dallas Mavericks, but I'm going to go with a more recent jersey, the Miami Vice, Miami Heat jerseys. I love this color scheme. They've got the black jerseys, black shorts with the uh, that neon blue and pink, kind mm-hmm. of the, you know, Miami Vice font Yes. Um, going on. And I just lo- I think those colors work so well, which is kind of the reason why there are show colors honestly mm-hmm. um you got the same vibe but uh give me the miami vice jerseys as kind of a uh, surprising pick for me yeah and then i went ahead and went a little bit old school here and i do have a more current reason why it's really popping in my mind i took the 1970 to 1972 atlanta hawks neon stripe uniforms uh, made famous by pistol pete maravich really really stuck in my mind if you remember the video games nba street uh you know you were able to play with some of the legends and you know i would play with pistol pete and uh you know dr j and all that but those atlanta hawk neon stripe jerseys they just really stuck out to me and i always made sure i was wearing those on nba street when i was playing so Give me the Hawks neon stripe unis as my other choice, and so are you honorable go- mention. Real quick, are you going? Go are you going with the so the blue uniform with the neon green stripe for the Hawks? Correct. Okay. All right. And the white numbers. And the white numbers. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. I I got you. The Atlanta across the chest. Yes. Mixing the 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 capitals with the capital letters with the lowercase. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Okay. And you know, this is this isn't. It wasn't about tradition to me. It wasn't about you know purist to me. It was just like, what ones I thought were actually fun, and what ones stuck out to me, and like you know that really catches my eye. So that's what I went with. Because okay. you can always go, you know, with the Celtics or the Lakers, yeah, yeah. or you know, you can always go with the old reliables. But this was more of a fun contest here. Uh, my honorable mention. I had one. I had the. Uh, 1990s Phoenix Suns black uniforms. Okay. Uh, with the old classic uh, basketball in the sun shooting across the chest of the jersey. You know, Charles Barkley um, kind of made these famous. Yep. Uh, fun fact about those is if you flip the suns upside down, it still reads the same as it does the other yes, way. It does. So, uh, honorable mention black Phoenix Suns jerseys from the 90s. Very nice. Very nice. My honorable mention, the Orlando Magic sublimated stars uniform made mm-hmm. most famous by Tracy McGrady. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that one. Had the, kind of the stars within the the blue uniform. And then my other one would be the Raptors purple uniforms of the Vince Carter era. The mm-hmm. white Toronto across the chest with the red outline. I'm not a big purple person, but those uniforms were always so clean and sharp to me. And I think you throw in the fact that Vince Carter was dunking over everybody in those things too. Makes them stand out in my mind as one of the best in the NBA. I I definitely see 
the popularity in those. And along those lines, you also kind of uh, mentioned the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies, I think, as well. Yeah. I think I, for some reason I associate them in the Raptor, the Purple Raptors jerseys. Yep. Um, I believe that is called the, uh, you know, starter jacket era of, you know, that 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 type of um, team logos and everything. Mm -hmm. You had the kids wearing all those to school. That was huge in our day when we were little. Well, you, um, and, and with teams the like the country. Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. I think the Charlotte Hornets were probably the most popular one. Run with yeah. the teal green yep. and the purple, uh, and you know the hornet on the back, of course. But those teams all kind of run together to me. Oh yeah, no doubt about and it. I just realized just talking about it that the Phoenix Suns pick was also kind of inspired by a video game, NBA Jam. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, when you were picking your two players, uh, there's just something about that Phoenix Suns logo that just looks so cool to me, that shooting shooting sun uh, with the ball. Um, so big video game influence on my picks. Very fair. Very fair. All right, we move to fantasy football. Brad is 3-2 and two now. After a 39 and a half to 38 point victory, one and a half point victory for Brad. Um, I can run down his team last week Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Jones, DK Metcalf, and George Kittle. Mahomes with 19, Jones with four and a half, Metcalf with four points, and Kittle with 12 for 39 and a half. I went with Geno Smith, Austin Eckler, CeeDee Lamb, and Tyler Higby. Geno went for 11 points, Austin Eckler for 18, CeeDee Lamb for 8.5, and, and Tyler Higby with half a point in our half-point PPR. Thanks for nothing, Tyler. <laughs> How bad is the Rams' offense this season? It is ugly. It is I am concerned. Disappointing. Man. Disappointing. There's no, there's no protection up front. No, it has been... Lackluster to say. And the came came acre situation. Least. It's just yeah, ooh, they're set defending champs are struggling. Set to trade him away. It looks like if they can find a trade partner, which I would imagine they will be able to do so. But you you never know. You never really know. So with that being said, my friend Brad Bollinger gets to have the first pick yet again because we go golf rules, and the best score has honors. So Brad, make it take it, baby. Yep, make it take it. Go for it, buddy. I'm gonna go ahead and lead off with uh, running back Damian Pierce at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the rookie has really come on strongly as of late. In the past two weeks, he's had 231 yards and two touchdowns. And you know how I feel about this Raiders defense. They are very uh, very successful to uh, big fantasy point outings. So I like the rookie. Give me Damian Pierce versus the Raiders. Versus the Oakland, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Las Raiders. Vegas. Yeah, I said Correct. Oakland in the second it came out of my <laughs> mouth, and I knew that was wrong. It's a good pick. Good pick. Uh, he is The rookie running backs are starting to really take off, it seems like, in recent weeks, and Pierce – being among those. All right, I am going to go to running back as well. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson of the New England Patriots. The Oklahoma product has been impressive in recent weeks. Last week against the Browns, he had 76 yards on 19 carries, two touchdowns. Week prior to that against the Detroit Lions, Went off for 161 yards on 25 carries. He's the only back, really, for the Patriots currently as Damian Harris is out with injury. So I'm going to stick with the former Sooner, Ramondre Stevenson, as my running back this week. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I feel like watching – Stevenson over the past couple of years, he kind of, um, he's always looked like he would probably be the, you know, the heir to the running game there in New England. I know that, yes. you know, he's been back up, but uh, he just looks like he's, he's the guy moving forward. Um, so yeah, that's a great pick. And 
you know, with their quarterback situation, I know they're really relying on the run game. Uh, they've had Zappy in there the past couple weeks, so I think it's important to establish that that run game. So th- th- that's a good pick. I like that. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, let's go to wide receiver for me. I'm gonna go ahead and take. Um, Tyreek Hill versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nice. Tua Tagovailoa should be returning from his concussion injury. Uh, he was cleared last week through the concussion protocol, but I think they were uh, playing it safe, obviously, after the controversy after the first couple of injuries. But I see the Dolphins getting back on track against the Pittsburgh team that's coming off of a huge victory for them against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that might be a little bit of a hangover from that that win uh, with the rookie Kenny Pickett leading the charge. I see Dolphins getting back on track. Give me Tyreek Hill versus the Steelers. I like it. He has been dynamic his whole career. Don't see why it'll stop, especially with Tua likely back this week. They've got some issues at quarterback if Tua is not able to go. Skylar Thompson was knocked out this past week. Uh, Bridgewater was able to return from concussion protocol. Even though he didn't start, he was able to see time last week. All right, I'm going to go tight end, and I'm going to go with Zach Ertz of the Arizona Cardinals. Ertz taking on the New Orleans Saints. He has had back-to-back games of 10 targets this season. You throw in of his six games so far, he has had double-digit targets in four of those six. Those two games that he didn't have double-digit targets are where he had his two touchdowns. So Ertz, a very solid pick. And then you throw in the fact that Hollywood Brown injured and DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke, is scheduled to come back this week. They just signed, or they just traded for Robbie Anderson. A lot of questions at receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz is going to be the one steady for K1. Kenneth Murray, or Kenneth Murray, Kyler Murray. Goodness gracious. Kyler Murray, I need sleep. Kyler Murray at quarterback will lean on Zach Ertz this week yet again. Okay. I'm going to the quarterback position, and I will select Joe Burrow versus the Atlanta Falcons. I know that uh, Cincinnati has kind of had a slow start to this year, but the past couple of weeks they're really starting to find their footing. Last week, Burrow had 300 yards and three touchdowns passing. Uh, The offensive line is going to be a question mark for that Bengals squad, but it seems like they're getting uh, back on track. It really does. Uh, It was an issue when they made it to the Super Bowl, that offensive line. So I think they find a game plan to work around that, get the ball out of Burrow's hands quicker. Uh, I like Joe Burrow this week against the Atlanta Falcons. I like that one too because I was ready to take him. I contemplated taking him instead of Zach Ertz so that you wouldn't get him. But then I was like, ah, maybe he'll go after Zach Ertz. So I screwed up there. All right. Well, that means I will go with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Jackson taking on the Cleveland Browns. You saw what Bailey Zappi of New England did last week against this Browns defense. I feel like Lamar is going to be a lot to handle for the Cleveland Browns. Interdivision game, Brown already with two touchdowns rushing this season, has 13 passing TDs as well, passing for a completion of 62% on the season, over nearly 1,300 yards. Struggled a little bit there against the the Bills and the Bengals, but steadied the ship last week against the Giants. Even though they lost that game, he had 210 yards passing and seven rushes for 77 yards. So I think he'll be able to get it done on the ground as well. A lot of questions at running back. So they have Latavius Murray and – or no, Kenyon Drake is there now. Sorry. Kenyon Drake at running back. J.K. Dobbins is still trying to figure it out. So many questions at tailback. I think Jackson's going to get a lot going on the ground game. So Lamar Jackson will be my QB. And that's never a bad pick. That's kind of my reasoning, too, with Tyreek Hill is 
is it really ever a bad pick to take him? So. No. No. Can never go wrong with Lamar Jackson. You can't. <clears throat> I'm actually going to stay in the same game. Uh, I am moving to my final open spot. I am taking tight end David Njoku versus the Baltimore Ravens. Njoku has really emerged as one of Jacoby Brissett's favorite target early in this season. Uh, he's averaging seven targets per game and 58 yards per game. Not exactly the highest ceiling in the world out of the tight ends, but if we have learned anything from past weeks in this competition, it's just give me some damn points from the tight end spot. <laughs> give me Njoku versus the Ravens. Sadly, you are not wrong on that one <laughs> at all it is truly unbelievable how pathetic our tight end selections have been so far this season so uh yeah i can't go against you in that regard all right i am gonna go with Devonte adams of the las vegas raiders taking on the houston texans yeah the texans pasty has been pretty solid this season but Devonte adams has been quite incredible. Four games, or pardon me, three games with three of their five games, he has had double-digit targets on the season. He has five touchdowns so far this year as well. In the one-point loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, he had two touchdowns, 124 yards, on three receptions, seven total targets. Give me Devontae Adams against the Houston Texans. All right, Brad. It is now time for everybody's favorite <laughs> part of the show, Against the Spread, where we pick The our most emotional segment week in and week out, I must say. We pick our top three favorite Against the Spread bets of the weekend. I am 9-6 and six on the year. Back to my winning ways, 2-1 and one last week. Brad? Is four and ten and one. Yes, he tied. He had a push. Wouldn't that be uh <laughs> what is that? It's a push. That's... Yeah. No, it should be uh four four ten and one, you say. Yeah. Fifteen games picked so far. You you're four okay, ten yeah. and one. You're right, yeah. you're right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you went two and one last week, and this was Brad responding to my text about it. This is live audio of his text message and how he was around his house. I am very proud of me. I think I will sing out loud of me. special <laughs> yes i do have pride in me i love every bright blue side of me i feel so satisfied in me because i am so special live audio that was a true recording of brad you still got microphones and cameras in my house? After he went two and one. Yeah, you installed them and sent me the link. That was the weird part. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. That's right. I'll let you go first. Okay. Well, thank you. I kind of appreciate that because I want to pick a game that I feel like you might have on your radar. Uh, so you can't take it. Oh, yeah? Leading it off, I am going to take... Oklahoma State plus six at home versus the Texas Longhorns. Ooh. I looked at this line and it really jumped out to me, uh, which is usually a bad sign. Uh, something, <laughs> something's going on here, right? Uh, Vegas knows something that I certainly do not know, which could be a lot of different things. But are we overreacting to what Texas has done this year? Yes, they had an impressive performance against Alabama, 
Yes, they blew out a very sad, I repeat, a very sad Oklahoma Sooners squad. But last week, struggling with Iowa State at home, even with Quinn Ewers back in the game, I don't know. I, I, I'm not believing the Texas is back hype. They seem like a much better ball club this year. I will give them that. But we talking Big 12 contender? I don't think so. And I still think Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12. They really blew that game in TCU last week. I still think the Cowboys go on and win the Big 12 title. So most definitely, give me Stillwater. Give me plus six. The crowd will be rocking. Pokes over the Longhorns. Wow. I don't disagree with that. Except, Brad, a lot of questions about Spencer Sanders. A lot of questions about his health. Um, there were questions last Saturday morning. Questions last week leading up to that game against TCU. Will Spencer Sanders play? He played, but the second half he was not the same. Underthrown passes, struggled. Will he be able to go this Saturday? And if you are taking Oklahoma State with the plus six, I'm going to say that he doesn't play. <laughs> Just with the track record you have. Uh, that's fair, man. That is a fair, fair statement. But again, the, you know, the hard part of this contest is picking these games on Tuesday. But I got to assume that all things are a go, and I oh, just yeah. think Oklahoma State's a better ball club. Well, and even if you were to pick, I, I don't think that's going to come out. That's going to be a game time when Gunnar sure. Gundy runs out there for the first snap. That's going to be the first time anybody knows. Well, that's when you're at the kiosk at the sports book waiting for that pregame interview with a sideline reporter of the status of Spencer Sanders, and you have your pick locked in, ready to ready to print the ticket, but you got to wait for that confirmation. Yeah, and we can't do that on this show. You're listening for the Oklahoma State radio broadcast mm -hmm. to to say Spencer Sanders is the starting quarterback today, or Gunner Gunner Gundy is going to get the nod. Searching Twitter, uh, Twitter is a great resource, by the way, for a lot of news. Yes, it is. It is indeed. All right. Are you going? Are we going to just let you go? All three of your picks? Sure, sure. All I'll right. run through it. I don't think we're going to match up on these other two. Probably um, not. Next up, I am taking Wake Forest minus 20 and a half versus Boston College. Wake Forest is at home here. Offense is far too explosive. Um, I really, really, really like the squad. They took Clemson to double overtime, and the points per game is in the 40s now at this point in the season, and Boston College is not very good. So I like to believe that Wake Forest will win by at least three touchdowns. Give me Wake Forest minus 20 and a half against Boston College. And finally, I am heading out to the Pac-12, and I am taking the Oregon State Beavers minus 23 and a half versus Colorado. Big factor in this one is the Beavers are playing at home in Corvallis. That is one of the better home field advantages in the nation. They've got the turnover chainsaws we've talked about previously on this show. Mm -hmm. But Colorado is also coming off the high of that first victory of the year last week. And again, I see a bit of a hangover in one of the toughest home field environments in the nation. Give me the Oregon State Beavers minus 23 and a half versus Colorado. Two three-point games, or three three possession games, three score games, I should say, for Brad. Two games of three score differentials, according to the sports books. Brad is taking dangerous, dangerous, my fact. I'm feeling cocky. I was two and one last week. You were two and one, and you were bouncing around, proud of yourself. <laughs> All right, I'm going to lead things off. I'm going to go to the Bayou, Ole Miss at Louisiana State University, the LSU Tigers. I'm going to go with the Rebels. Ole Miss, number seven in the nation, plus one and a half at LSU. LSU won 45-35 last week over Florida in the Swamp. They beat Auburn at Jordan-Hare. 
But the Tigers are av- allowing 21 points per game so far this season. Ole Miss, 22nd in points for, averaging 40.9 points per game. I'm going to go with the Rebels. Yeah, they had a had a three-point victory over Kentucky, eight over Tulsa, Tulsa, undefeated on the season. Lane Kiffin and that offense are going to still have success as they roll in at LSU, and they're currently underdogs. I'm going to take the Rebels in this one. That's a 2.30 start on CBS. Really like that pick. I'm, I'm with you on that one. And I'm not buying LSU this year either. So um, I, I was on that game a little bit too, so good pick there. All right. My next pick, 6.30 start time for this one. You can watch it on ESPNU. Central Florida at East Carolina. The Knights 5-1 and one on the season. 19th in points, averaging 41.3 points per game this season. They're holding opponents to 14.3 points per game. Seventh in the nation. Balanced attack, averaging about 250 passing yards, 250 rushing yards. John Rice Plumley, their quarterback, 1,500 passing yards so far this season. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, and he added seven rushing touchdowns and nearly 500 rushing yards. UCF, five-point favorites, minus five in this game against the Pirates, who are tied for 75th in points four at 33.1 and 56th in points against 24.6. I like Gus Malzahn and John Rice Plumley in this one. Give me the Knights, minus five over East Carolina, the Pirates, the Purple Pirates. And my final one, 2.30 start. You can watch it on ESPN3. I'm going with a game that has a combined three wins between the two teams. You heard me, Brad. Three wins between the two teams. The Charlotte Niners against Florida International, the Panthers. Charlotte is minus 14 and a half point favorites over Florida International, who's two and four on the season. Charlotte with just one win, one and six on the year. FIU is averaging 11 points though versus FBS opponents so far this season. Charlotte averaging nearly 25 points per game this season. The losses for Charlotte to Maryland, South Carolina, UTEP, UAB, and FAU. All five of those teams look like they're set to make a bowl game. Just a win or two shy of bowl eligibility for those five squads. So a tough slate so far for Charlotte. I'm going to go with Charlotte. In this one, 14.5-point favorites over Florida International. No Georgia Southern, huh? No Georgia Southern. I'm staying away from them. You you couldn't pay me to touch a game with them now. (laughs) I've missed twice now. I picked them. They lost. Yeah. That's a toxic relationship. I went against them. And they won outright against James Madison, who was ranked number 25 in the nation, top 25 team. So I'm staying away, they, and I'm going with the Charlotte 49ers. They are to you what the UCLA Bruins are to me. And That's I, true. I looked at UCLA this week. I was about to say, Oregon, and I was really UCLA oof. versus Oregon and Bo Nix. How bad? That's going to be your That's bonus. Brad that is going to be. Right that is going to be a bonus pick for Brad. You can so find that one. it's going to be probably a draw, right? Find because, that one on TikTok. Yeah. Brad's going to pick it. I, uh, my, my, he my can't help himself. It's included in my uh, Brad's bonus picks. Yeah. So it, a little foreshadowing there. We'll it see. will be a Brad bonus pick for sure. All right, Brad. Been a fun one. NBA preview. Yes, sir. We also ran down our top three. NBA jerseys of all time. Also, our fantasy football picks and against the spread. You can find some of those video on 
TikTok. Our TikTok is Game On Pod. Also find us on Twitter, Game On Guys. Facebook, Game On Pod. You can email us at emailgameon at gmail.com. Website is gameonguys.wordpress.com. Find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, and so many other podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe, rate us if you can, and uh, let us know what you think. Give us your thoughts as well. We love the interaction that we're getting on TikTok, so be sure to find us across our social media platforms and let us know what you think. All right, Brad, until next time, this has been Game On. I am very proud of me. Sing out loud of me. There ought to be a crowd of me because I am so special. <laughs> yes, I do have pride in me. I love every bright blue side of me. I feel so satisfied in me because I am so special. P-R-I-D-E spells pride, that is P-R-I-D-E.